0: it's ball talk it's ball
1: talk baby it's ball talk it's ball talk baby it's ball talk it's ball talk baby it's ball talk it's ball talk baby hello and welcome to the ball talk podcast it is currently 6:41 p.m eastern standard time on monday june 28th i'm your host john sock and as always i'm joined by my main man chaz yurrigans chaz how are you doing today
0: you know who it is. You know, I'm I'm out here. I'm having a great day. kind of blowing my mind that we're all almost pretty much halfway through 2021, but you know what it is. We just, we keep moving. We got another, we got back-to-back Chaz Zero Dark 30 episodes today. I have literally not known anything. My phone's been dead all day and I've been out of service for like the last three days. So yeah, whatever has happened in the world, I know that the Suns are up 3-1, the Bucks
1: are up 2-1. That's pretty much it for the NBA. So like... This should be a fun one. <laughs> Ch- Chaz literally texted literally until an hour before. I was like, I hope Chaz is okay. Like I texted, I te- I literally texted Ivana this morning. Like, when's the last time you heard from Chaz? Are we sure he's okay? And she was like, He texted me this morning. I'm like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, now I can start like calming down and looking to figure it out. We had a backup host ready just in case. Everything we 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 got a plan here at Ball Talk. We prepare. But mm-hmm. We're very happy that Chaz is okay. Now he needs to start warning me when he does when he might not have service for a few days. But uh, you know we'll work on that.
0: <laughs> I mean I left at I left at midnight and came back from where from the cottage at like literally three thirty in the morning. So it wasn't like we had uh, much of a plan going into this thing. <laughs> I love that.
1: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's gonna be we got an exciting episode. There's about four weeks left in the NBA playoffs. We've got four teams left in the playoffs. Chaz is zero dark 30 so there's a little bit of chaos that he might not be ready for there's about four weeks until the offseason and all the chaos so much chaos so much chaos <laughs> and we're about a month away from the draft which again chaos I love seeing it all so Chaz mm-hmm. please don't look at the document because uh, right here I'm about to un- I had a little bit of the of surprises in hidden on the document so I hope Chaz isn't looking as I unhide them so I can look at my notes Speaking of chaos, Chaz has no idea what happened with Damian Lillard. I mean, loyal to the soil, right? Apparently. Apparently not. Chris Haynes basically tweeted that Damian Lillard might want out because the organization has failed to put a winning team around him, Mm. which is big time. Because Chris Mm. Haynes has a very good relationship with Damian Lillard. To add to that, There has been an unearthing of a controversy surrounding Chauncey Billups, who was accused of sexual assault in civil court in 1997. Mm -hmm. He took an out-of-court deal to close it down without a guilty plea. Now, we've talked about it with Deshaun Watson. If you're going to take a person to court, especially a black man, to court with a charge that could potentially ruin his life, I am not going to take your claim seriously unless he is found guilty in a criminal court
0: mm-hmm
1: it's just it's the level of, of of proof that i'm going to need in especially in 1997 an era before social media the the the, the issues of being a black man going to court back then I, I i i i think that there is enough gray zone i imagine that the team did a thorough investigation no one mentioned mm-hmm. it when he ran a ring in 2004 no one mentioned it when he was on the clippers in 2012 no one mentioned it when he was a clippers assistant no one mentioned it when he was on ESPN. It's been over twenty years. I don't know what's happened to any of the parties to any of the parties involved, other than Billups. I think that, I think that, of course, there needs to be an investigation done to make sure that nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's it's the world it's, does not see it the way that I do. <laughs> there is a big controversy happening as if he had not taken a not guilty pl- as if there was a guilty play taken. It's, it's really messed up that people have forgotten the associate, the social factors of it being 1997 and him being a black man,
0: mm-hmm. a wealthy black man at that. Well, successful. Black- he was a
1: rookie at the time. He wasn't, he was mm-hmm. just entering his, uh, his wealth. Th- so there's a whole big controversy. Chauncey Billups. I don't want to dwell on that part too much. Because I just think it's a rehashing of the dialogue we've had to, with Deshaun Watson. It's a rehashing of a lot of dialogues. I think that there's a lot of facts that need to come out. I don't want to not believe the woman involved. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. want to not believe Chauncey Billups either. I don't want any of this to have happened, ideally, you know? Yep. Ideally, we live in a world where nothing horrible happens like this. But we, that's not the reality. And so, of course, these things need to be taken seriously. They need investigations to be done. And I imagine that the Portland Trailblazers took all the proper steps before making the hiring. Dame got tweeted at. Someone said that it's his fault. I think the I, I'm not gonna add the guy on Twitter. I don't want him to get more famous. Someone said that it's Dame's fault that a predator was hired by the Blazers. Which, as you guys could tell from what I just said, I think is totally messed up to just boil Chauncey Billups down to a predator. As if as if As if time has, as if it's always been, as if right Mm -hmm. now it's comfortable being a black man in court. As if right now it's comfortable being a black man in court. 1997 before social media. Totally, totally same thing. I'm not getting Mm -hmm. started on that. I'm not. I refuse. Dame replied verbatim, tweeted out, really? Question mark. I was asked what coaches I like of the names I heard and I named them. Sorry, I wasn't aware of their history. I didn't read the news when I was seven or eight years old. I, obvi- I don't support those things. But if this is the route y'all want to come at me, say less. The the, the <laughs> user, then challenge Dame again. Dame replied, I said what I said, family. Now, I don't want to dive into the del- delve into the depth of this Billups thing. I want to talk more about what kind of trade offers we can see from the different teams that Dame wants out. I mm-hmm. uh, want to talk about Dame's loyalty. I want to talk about... Um, if this should impact his legacy, if he's taking a cop-out route, if he's just going to use this whole coach's mess as an excuse to leave, or if, you know, just what we're thinking on this. I don't want to dive on the Billups thing, though. Mm -hmm. So, Chaz, the question to you. (laughs) Why is everyone backing out of the grind? (laughs) Why isn't everyone toughing it out?
0: (laughs) I mean... He, he's been doing his work in Portland and obviously a Chris Haynes tweet about Damian Lillard or something nice to be taken pretty seriously. Like you mentioned they do have a great, pretty great relationship. And, and if something was said to Chris Haynes about Damian Lillard, there's, it's a good account that comes from very reputable sources. That being said, I mean, there's a certain amount of just, there's always this game that gets played in the off season. Like guys want out, do guys want to stay? How does it affect the team's ability to make moves around them? How does this affect guys wanting to come to the team, you know, because maybe Dame gets at, gets the news out that he wants out just so that people don't think that Portland's making moves, but low key behind the scenes, he's got something the works, you know, like there's a lot of different layers that can always be added to this. So I think for Dame, I mean, it. no matter what, if he gets moved, it's going to be MVP caliber player. He's obviously never been on that pedestal, but he's one of those guys who can completely change a franchise, completely change a team. And you can come into your locker room and just turn your whole, whole ship forward. So I think if Damian Lillard really is out on the market, there should be 29 GMs calling out Neil O'Shea right now. Just like, hey, I got this, this, and this. How does this
1: sound? <laughs> I, I think you said it great. Especially the fact he's on a four-year deal right now. Like if I am any mm-hmm. GM in the league, I'm calling you up and I'm saying, here's every <laughs> asset I have. <laughs> Can I please have Dame? Like, here's everything. You Mm -hmm. want it? Oh, you want my kitchen table too? It's yours. You want my firstborn son? It's yours. Anything you want for Dame, it's yours. He's just that level of player. He's got a lot of... He doesn't have a lot of miles on his body because of doing four years at Weber State. Mm -hmm. I think think he's only 31, I believe. Now, that contract might not look great when he's 35, but I feel like it will. I feel like he's the kind of player that can adjust his game. He's one of the hardest workers in the league. I'd feel comfortable taking that gamble, telling you that right now.
0: Absolutely. and I mean, just look at a guy like Steph Curry, who's 33 this year and had one of his literally best seasons of his entire career, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. just because Damian Lillard is getting a little bit older. Like, that jump shot doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Mm -hmm. As long as he's still able to move laterally with the ball and attack the rim the way he does, like, Dame should just keep getting better with age. You see these old point guards just getting better and better, like... There's a whole lot of things that you can keep doing to your body to stay in shape way longer than most people did back in the day. Mm
1: -hmm. Especially depending on who he gets paired with. He might be able to get paired with someone that will even take away on ball duties from him. Game could start shifting into doing more off ball stuff. Some stuff that's Mm -hmm. a little lighter on his legs, taking a little bit less of the offensive load, not having to put up, what was it? 13 (laughs) three pointers in a game or something like that. 60 (laughs) shots. Basically dude taking every Mm -hmm. shot. That, That was still a gorgeous game by Lillard. Um, so I, I want to talk about what kind of offers we can expect. Because as mm. you said, you know, this should be an MVP level, level haul. We just saw an MVP traded with two years left on his deal, if I remember, in James Harden. Yeah, I think he's a free agent 2023. Yeah, you had two years left on the James Harden deal. He was traded. He got four first-round picks, four first-round swaps. And Karis LeVert, who was an actually good player, who then got flipped again for Victor Oladipo, again an actually good player. So I uh, let's start with that in mind, and let's look around at some of the some of the options. Because I think that Dame both should get more because his deal is longer, Mm -hmm. but also the level of Harden is you know he's also been clutcher in the playoffs. He has a lot more playoff moments. If you're looking for a second guy, I think that you would look more, you would be a little comfortable putting in like a little more for this Dame contract than you would the Harden contract, albeit. Not a lot more. You know, it's still Damon Harden. They're still two very close-level players. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Harden higher on my top 100 players or top 30, whatever my number is. I can't remember. But again, not by too much. So I want to start with the first and most obvious offer. Mm. You ready? Yeah. You're, I think you're going to laugh at this because I've, I've been saying similar ones for a long time. The Philadelphia 76ers giving up. Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Theibel, and Ben Simmons. And mm. basically, I think they can give three first-round picks for Damian Lillard. Yeah, I think they have three to move. Uh, essentially, the deal I mean, that, they would have, that, they, that they might have offered for Harden, but do it for Dame because he has four years left on his contract and Joel Embiid looked like the best player in the NBA this year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that Ben Simmons, obviously we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about his value in the because of what happened in the playoffs this year and just where it's at around the league. But I think if, if especially in Portland, if you look at just how many defensive problems they've had in last, shoot, I can't even remember the last time Portland had a great defensive lockdown, like Greg Oden was supposed to be that, you know what I mean? So the Portland Trailblazers have been struggling to find a real defensive corner piece for their franchise. And if they're, definitely, if they're moving on from Dame, obviously they're turning a new leaf in how they want to run their team. And Ben Simmons presents you with something that, like, he's so multi tooled, so young in his career, too, that he could be so different for their team and can move in so many different ways than what we see him with the Sixers. That it really does. If you're in Portland and Damian Lillard does truly want out, I think Ben Simmons is probably one of the best assets in the league if not just for his his size and his strength, but also just his basketball IQ on the defensive end. And you think about pairing him alongside a guy like C.J. McCollum who could still create and probably, like, that's a playoff team with those two and Norm Powell, like Robert Covington out there too still. As long as he's playing a little bit of defense, him and Ben Simmons could be a scary switching front court. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that this Portland team can do if they can managed to do that i don't know how much Daryl Morey's willing to give up though i don't know if all three firsts are coming out this summer i think he he might be sitting on one or two of those just in case
1: i i wouldn't be i don't know part part of me says that daryl should just do it should give it all up just do it especially especially if he could find a way to take back like Ant simons or something or because i'm pretty sure Ant's deal expires next off season so it'd be like look like you're, you're you're gonna pay his his rookie extension we'll give up we'll take you know you give Mm -hmm. us your guy who you have to pay sooner than we have to pay maxi it's uh not exactly fair but you know it's it's it works you know it's all yeah i i i love it if i'm portland i love it i almost wouldn't even need all the first round picks from philly like if they're willing to do extra seconds like if it was two firsts in like four seconds i'd be like we're in or two seconds whatever three seconds i I, I don't Mm -hmm. know I don't know how Olshay values second round picks. Although people are coming at him also, by the way. That's a whole different thing. I didn't even talk to you about that. People are coming at Neil O'Shea. They're burning him down. They're saying he's not done anything good since Dame. Whole different discussion. I well, I, I forgot you're zero dark 30. I need to keep you updated. <laughs> um, don't want to talk about it now, though. But I just hmm. think like a, like a, the idea of pairing CJ McCollum, who I think is a point guard, yeah, and Ben Simmons, who is an open floor point guard but not really a point guard kind of like a power forward who holds the ball i i think it would be per- i think it would just be perfect to play into both of their strengths you'd be able to play cj guarding you know the weaker guard you'd have norm powell to guard the better guard ben simmons to guard the best player on on the team norman powell can mm-hmm. also guard up on bigger guys um robert covington just kind of as a free safety guy you could have Nurkic as the five or you could find another five who fits better or whatever like i think nurkic is shooting a little bit which should help with his fit around ben simmons i think there's Mm -hmm. some serious uh upside potential for that team which could be a lot of fun in my opinion i think it'd be awesome or even just putting yeah and then having ben simmons at the five and Roko or Roko at the five i think there's a lot of fun to be had on that team with a good (sighs) young coach like chauncey billups who knows what he's doing been around a lot of teams can grow can mm-hmm. learn from the experience it might be a little messy but i think it, that there's gonna be some moments of pure brilliance on that squad if that squad came together
0: and you think about just uh if, if dame is to move on free enough minutes for a guy like anst Simons, who's shown so many different flashes of just brilliance in the nba and coming off the bench shooting lights out when you need him to be a ball handler and create he'll do that too you want him to attack he can do that too so i mean to get him more minutes off the bench too, I think can bring them a whole new level because he can push a second unit to a... He's got a lot of speed, a lot of skill that you can just run up and down with a second unit and make every other team just exhausted
1: by the time the starters come back. And uh, getting some open court plays with him and Ben Simmons could be a lot of fun. Having Ant running on those fast breaks instead of trying to get the ball or running into the corner. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Ant get more dunks. Hashtag let Ant dunk. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about another... a couple. I think I have... One, two, three, four teams left to talk about. So let's get through okay. The next one I want to talk about is the Toronto Raptors. Now the Blazers—they've mm-hmm. done deals with the Raptors before. If Masayu Ujiri stays, you know, there's a whole bunch of you know they—they—they—they know each other. You know, they're—they're they're acclimated front offices. The Raptors have all of their own first-round picks, including this year's number four pick and a draft that a lot of people are calling mm-hmm. a four-player draft. I, I'm calling it a four-player four draft, but a different four people. Um, <laughs> no, nah, it's a five-player draft in my opinion, but not the same four that mm-hmm. everyone else has because I'm a hipster. Um, they have the number four pick, which should net them, and I think it definitely nets them an A-ranked player in my eyes. They also have Kyle mm. Lowry, who can be sent in a sign-and-trade, or other young players like OG Anunobi, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, they cannot sign-and-trade for Cannot sign and trade Gary Trent but that would be Really funny if they could have <laughs> But uh, I could see the, bla- the, the, the Raptors just being like here's Everything we have maybe here's Siakam and everything We have I don't know or here's Van Vliet And everything we have you know, We'll take Dame mm-hmm. or Lowry and every Or maybe like a crazy convoluted Double sign in trade with Lowry going somewhere And someone else going to Portland and Dame Going to the Raptors There's uh, A lot mm. of ways that this could be taken A lot of ways this could be done Although it's hard to both trade a current pick and Kyle Lowry who would have to be signed and traded, but also the number four pick will definitely be whoever's left of Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. It doesn't matter who is taking that pick,
0: mm-hmm. so in a
1: way it would work, but uh, when I'm talking about this next team, I'll, I'll mention it a little more. What are your thoughts yep. on, on bringing Dame up to, uh, up to Toronto?
0: I mean, Dame up north. First of all, I think obviously for for Oakland boy, it'll be a bit of a bit of a shock for him to go from back in California to Weaver State. Up to I know they get a little bit chilly in Portland, but definitely not like Toronto. So, but I mean, the fans in Toronto we've seen time and time again love the Raptors. Like it's diehard fans in Toronto, same way the Habs are here. Shout out game one going tonight to
1: Alele boys, Alele boys. <laughs> but I think
0: Dame in Toronto. I think he would. <laughs> for real i think he would love it first of all and that fourth overall pick is a really really good asset in this draft that a lot of people are talking about just generational talents across that top four top five depending on who you can get at six and seven there's there's a lot of skill and talent on this board so for for them to be able to do this obviously the lowry side trade will be difficult they can't really do the same on draft day but like you said there's really at four only going to be one name left to take Mm -hmm. unless they want to take a major, major jump off the board pretty much. Mm-hmm. And for the Portland Trailblazers, a deal can be done ahead of time. Like I'm not gonna come out here and say that they're tapering, but I mean they could be on the phones like, hey, you draft this kid so that you could trade him with Kyle Lowry and and we'll get this done, you know?
1: I, I think they might even be able to sign Lowry to an extension. I think that they can still talk to Lowry and get an extension like in principle so that like mm. he can sign it. I, I think that there's I I don't think it's impossible to make this work um, yeah I just think if they if they true. are to
0: give up one of OG or Pascal I don't know I don't think both of them is going I think one of them is really gonna be the the crucial building block of a, a four five man for them as a switchy big guy who can also set screens and roll with Dame and that's what they're gonna want to have with him there to try to create good op scoring opportunities for the rest of their guys so yeah. I, imagine I could see one of them but not both
1: i don't think you could trade both just for like the financial constrictions i think it would be really tough Mm -hmm. i think like the most i could see them giving up would be both would be both lowry and og and i think at that point it's like we're not giving you every pick this is gonna be a pain in our butt to sort out we're not doing that here's (laughs) here's give us back give us back robert covington here's number four and like two more firsts like you're you're fine take it and enjoy
0: Yeah, I mean, Masai also works with magic, so if he's back with the Raptors this series, he's always got something up his sleeve. Somehow, it
1: seems to get the best deals that no one ever could think of. Definitely. And talking about the best deals, I think this could be, depending on what the Blazers want, this could be the best deal. Assuming their GM is willing to put everything on the table, which I think we've already established should be be the standard <laughs> everyone should be ready to put everything on the table for this deal for, for getting someone mm-hmm. like Damian Lillard the mm-hmm. Pelicans almost definitely should get involved they have mm. so much that they can give yep they can send Ingram they have so many picks from the Lakers the Bucks and their own stash including this year's number 10 pick they have young players in Kyra Lewis Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker they can even send Alonzo Ball over in a sign-in trade and take back some salaries that the Blazers might want to shed the Pelicans could even the Pelicans could even do this deal, just Eric Bledsoe, the young players, and all the picks, and that might work for the Blazers if the Blazers are really committed to to burning down. Mm-hmm. That's totally on the table too. There's a lot of ways that they can that they can make this work. I think, and I don't know that it would entice. I don't know necessarily if I'm the Blazers. You know, uh, right, there's been like a thing in the league where everyone's like I'll take a billion picks, I'll take all the picks I have all the picks, I'm, got all, I'm great I have all the picks And people mm-hmm. like that, I don't know That I like that personally um, When The two other options are Here's an all NBA level player in Ben Simmons Or the number 4 pick A guaranteed hit Or mm-hmm. a guaranteed bite at the uh, Luxury apple of drafting a luxury Level player So I don't know that this would necessarily entice me, but if I am Neil Olshay and I want a billion picks so I can, some people say that helps defend GM's jobs. I don't know. But if I want the billion picks, this is where you get the billion picks. And that could be really nice if you're a GM. Also, Brandon Ingram, former All-Star, rookie, um, not a rookie of the year, but just a great player. He could be, you know, Mm -hmm. you could bring him back to say he's like a centerpiece of the deal. There's ways to make this work. I think that it could be, there's something there.
0: Was he not last year most improved, B.I.?
1: He was. He was also. He was also most improved. And uh, mm-hmm. then Julius randle won most improved in all NBA third team. And so now it's Kyle Kuzma's turn to win MVP. Please, please. Uh, <laughs> um, also, just forgot to say, with Zion Williamson and his rumblings about being out, what's more, like, what's more, dude, we're trying to win than here's Damian Lillard. <laughs> like, here's Damian Lillard. Zion, why aren't you playing defense? Excuse yeah. me. Oh, you're <laughs> complaining now. Uh, we got you an MVP. Mm-hmm. Your turn to shape up, and I, yeah. I not in like a dissing Zion way, but in a okay, we're taking the power back in this relationship. This is ev- This is equal again. Mm-hmm. Keep up with. Uh, keep up with the old head.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the Pelicans are, are definitely one of those teams, if you look around the league right now, it's just who has like a plethora of assets that don't necessarily work together, but some GMs might just be like, yeah, I'll take it all. You know, that's what the Pelicans got. And I mean, you could even think about working in a, a Steven Adams use of Nurkic swap in there. I don't know how the Portland Trail feel about that. But there's, there's so many different things that are on the table with the Pelicans just because of the amount of depth that they have at every position, so many contracts to move, and like you said, just so many picks that they've amassed. And and for sure, with, with Zion and his, all his uncertainties going into it now, going he's a couple years away from his rookie extension, but if you can bring in a guy like Dame who's going to be here, like by the time you sign the rookie extension, you could probably ink Dame to an extension in that same summer and keep them both together for the next four to six years if you want. That's going to be something that the Pelicans could really look at and be like, wow, we have something in Damian Lillard who can bring the ball up the floor, extract from Zion, so Zion can get more one on one time, more low post time, and more just offensive rebounds. Doesn't need to try to go up through three guys. Maybe he can kick it out once in a while <laughs> to an actual shooter. <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. And then having Damian Lillard to run a pick-and-roll with Zion, but also let Zion run the ball handler on the second unit if he wants to, or let him be a ball handler with Dame out there and Dame do the off-ball stuff like Steph loves to do. There's so many different ways that they can really work this. So I think the Pelicans definitely should be getting on the phone. We know – I'm going to blank on his name because I haven't looked it up now. David Griffin always loves to to make moves and make splashes within the league. Definitely not one who's uh, afraid to make changes to his roster and his organization, so – it's the Pelicans. If it's not for game, I do expect the Pelicans to be making some type of moves. And with that many picks, there's a lot of GMs that'll be like, "Hey, hey, you want him? Just give us a few picks. We will take a couple picks. Take those Laker picks. We'll take those Bucks picks. If you want, like, hey, we'll take something."
1: Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be something we're going to need to talk about when. Um, that's definitely something we're going need to talk about when we do our off-season preview of this of the Pelicans. Just they have so many picks, and Zion's complaining. Is now the time to make a move? <laughs> Well, like the Bradley well, Beal option, you have the Bradley Beal option. You could sign and trade Lonzo Ball for someone. I think there's there's something there. Also, I just want to talk about pick number ten. Mm-hmm. Pick number ten is in my opinion. That's where you get a big drop in value. I think pick number nine is worth incredibly a lot more than pick number ten. Not, but just because I think that the first nine players on my board are just so much higher than number 10. That's not Mm -hmm. a diss on number 10. It's not a diss on whoever goes to number 10. I actually on my mock draft have my number. Hold up. Where's my mock draft. I I have my, my ninth best prospect going, I believe 13th to, uh, to the Indiana Pacers, just because I don't think that there's going to be a fit for him to there. Mm -hmm. Um, that's James Booknight. I really like Booknight. He's killing it. But you know, there's Josh Giddy. There's a lot. There's, there's there's options. But I think that after after about eight or nine, the the level of talent drops considerably, mm-hmm. and um, you're sort of relying on other teams to leave one of those top top level players on the board. You know, someone who's like, oh yeah, this guy's a great fit for our organization. We're gonna take. Um, we're going to take uh, – I, I don't know. I don't want to diss any prospects right now. We're going to take <laughs> someone who's not, can, who's not such a high-level player because we like his fit better or because we like his, his floor better or because mm-hmm. we don't believe in the top. Franz Wagner. I like Franz Wagner a lot but not as one of my nine best players because I think that his fit on a top team could be there, and I think that I could see a team like Sacramento Kings taking him at nine despite, in my opinion, Booknight being a better player. Mm. Uh, having a much higher ceiling just because I don't think that the Sacramento Kings could do anything with James Booknight. If they got him, they don't have a spot for him. Yeah. They've got no minutes for him, but it, it's so definitely 10, just... so 10 is risky because I don't think book Cause I don't think book is my guy that I would guess is going to fall mm. Uh book or Moody. And I don't know that book falls, falls there. I don't know how comfortable 10 is, but that's a mm-hmm. whole different thing. That's not a huge thing. I want to talk about the next team.
0: Yeah. I just, let me just say right quick is that if the Portland Trailblazers do take this move and want to bring it down, like the CJ McCullough market is going to be there too. And just running out a a backcourt of Ad Simons and Norm Powell is not a bad backcourt to be retooling with. Like there's something there right away. So it's not like just throwing Damian Lillard away for a bunch of picks. Like it's not like Portland is going to be a 15 and 67 team next year. Mm -hmm. Like they'll still be, Probably borderline fighting for a playoff spot with CJ on the roster, and if they trade him, depending on what they
1: get, they'll still kind of be on that play-in fringe. Mm-hmm. And they, they could really burn it down. They have a lot of players that are probably worth something. Like mm-hmm. to get to get like Norman Powell in a sign and trade, is probably worth something. To get Robert Covington, Robert Covington always goes for at least a first-round pick. <laughs> you know, Yusuf Nurkic is making like twelve and a half million dollars, and like mm-hmm. I know we diss on him every now and then. But, like, for $12.5 million, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Tristan Thompson's making 9-3. I would be gladly paying that extra premium to get Yusuf Nurkic. Mm-hmm. If um, Mason Plumley's making 9-6, again, I'd pay that premium from Yusuf Nurkic. And I love Mason Plumley. I think the Plum Dog Millionaire has been awesome this season. It's just more mm-hmm. to say, like, Nurkic is so good. And though I don't think you can close a game with him, I think that for the first 40 minutes of the game, he's one of the best players. He's one of the better centers in the league. He's one of the 15 best centers in the league.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they could really just fill up their asset they're Fill up their treasure box of picks In one summer if they want to uh, Alright, moving on from this I want to look at the next team uh, And I don't think that they're going to But I think that we have to talk about them The Thunder, they have an infinite amount of picks They have so many picks mm-hmm. that the Pelicans look like they have no picks They have Kemba Walker to match salaries Without having to do a sign-in trade Which means that the Blazers wouldn't have to be hard-capped so that could be very enticing to them in terms of if they're trying to burn it down so they can mm-hmm. take on more salary, more bad salary. Uh, I I think that that could be really interesting to them. Um, the Thunder also have the sixth pick, which in my opinion could, which looks like it could be Scotty Barnes, unless someone reaches for him, which is sounding more and more like it. He's had some an awesome pro day. Apparently, he you know killed the pro day, killed the combine. GMs are falling in love with him. I think Hollinger had him as his fourth best prospect. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I fully agree. I love I – <laughs> I mean, I think he's – maybe – it's tough for me to put him above Kuminga, but I put them on, like, the same level. And, yeah. like, Scotty Barnes, in my opinion, just has probably one of the highest ceilings while also a very low floor. I kind of love him. Love Scotty Barnes as a pick. Um, and mm-hmm. I, you can make Scotty Barnes um, – what's it called? Like – You've got Scotty Barnes. You've got 16. You've got 18. You've got tons of picks in the future that they could give up. There's a huge amount that could be given up in for Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. and a Dame Shea Gilgis Alexander backcourt could be insanity. Would but I don't think that the Thunder defense? are ready to make the move yet. I don't think that. So I don't. I don't know. Am I crazy?
0: No, I mean I feel like at this point the Thunder is always a team that's going to get thrown in there just because Presty's got all those picks, and yeah. and any team will be happy to try to get them, but. I don't really think he wants to just throw eight first-round picks at Damian Lillard right now, and I don't think that anyone would take less than, like, seven or eight from the Thunder. It's just, like, you have so many. Like, I might as
1: well just get a lot. But that Dame Shea-Ludor trio would be insane. And what you just talked about, we saw it last summer with the uh, the Ricky Rubio trade where, oh, and we'll take two firsts too and Ricky Rubio, so you can move up, like, six spots to take Alexei Pokushevsky. Like... (laughs) Uh, yeah, you have to overpay when you have so many assets. It's it's mm-hmm. when the assets that are similar in value. The last team I want to talk about, I think you're gonna love this: uh, the Warriors. If this deal happens on draft night, they can trade their 2022 first round pick, their 2028 mm-hmm. first round pick, their number seven pick, their number 14 pick, James Wiseman, and they could sign and trade Ubre if he agrees to an extension. But that's gonna be tricky because you know we talked about earlier, just signing, trading, and trading draft picks. It's it's a lot. It mm-hmm. might be easier to just add Wiggins and have the Blazers send back like Roko or something, but that would be an insane team. <laughs> Jesus, Damon, Ste- I- Damon, Steph in a backcourt with Clay Thompson to the three, Dre at the four, Roko coming in as the small ball five.
0: I mean, it's it's an all star team at that point, legitimately just a three point shooting contest every single night, and. I'm not going to be mad to get Damian Lillard out and no team is going to be upset to have Damian Lillard on their team, pretty much whatever GM pays. And uh, parting away with James Wiseman this early in his career, could it be a bit of a mistake? Yes. Do I think he has a lot of potential in this league? Absolutely. But getting at a guy like Damian Lillard, when you already have Steph Curry, is just like think about the gravity that those two guys carry on the floor. It's like they're both getting double teamed without the ball when they cross half court. Now one of them is pretty much always going to have the ball and the other one's going to be out there. And then sometimes Klay Thompson's going to be there too. Like you just don't have enough defenders. There's not enough arms to get in the air to contest <laughs> shots at that point. Because you're just going to have so many guys moving around. And it's just like wide open background for these guys. Damon Steph who has been throwing these bounce pass, over pass, behind the back to the slipper so many times since they were like 12 years old because they've been shooting these shots forever. It, it would be a thing of beauty. Do I think the Warriors do it? Probably not. But, I mean, that seven and 14, that 7th pick, depending on who goes where in the top 6, can can be something that a lot of teams want. We talked about it before. I said it like, Scotty Barnes, people are falling in love with the Jonathan Kuminga fall all the way to 7? And is that something that the Trailblazers are like, okay, we have to bring this guy in now? Because mm-hmm. if you can get a chance to have Kuminga and Wiseman as a potential front
1: court for like the next 10 to 12 years, I'm that you could be... You <laughs> I'd do it. Kuminga, no question. If Kuminga falls to seven, no no question. And just mm. for the Warriors aspect, I just want to say how fun would it be to watch Jordan Poole get doubled and then have one of Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, and Steph Curry open? Man, mm-hmm. that's going to be awesome. Jordan Poole for MVP. Um, <laughs> all right, I had to get that off my chest. That was a lot of fun. Shout out, Jay Poole. We've been here for like a half hour, so I think we should probably talk about the Hawks and the Bucks. <laughs> I'm the dumb. Bucks won last night, two one, after a ref pulled a Zaza. Did you see? Wait, wait. Did you see the ref pull a Zaza Pachulia on Trey Young?
0: No clue. <laughs> no clue. Oh, I love on. zero dark 30,
1: Zero dark Chaz. <laughs> um, so there was, with I want to say like four to six minutes, something like that. Trey Young took a pull up three, mm-hmm. kind of fall back and a re- he stepped on the ref's foot. Jeez, twisted his ankle. Like, like has a bad. bone bruise. He has a bone bruise. He's questionable for game four okay yeah
0: yeah so he, was take, he was taking a three from like a hash on the other side and there was a ref standing on, ba- on the bait on the sideline pretty much exactly that's a that's, tough that's, one that's, i'd have that's... to walk it back to see where the ref was at where his eyes were looking but
1: it was the ref was uh it wasn't like he wasn't like close but he was like it was like dude like how is that not yeah. trained to like have you jump the jump the f out of the way like, you're mm-hmm. trained to call that foul, but you're going to do it yourself as not a player. <laughs> Embarrassing. If, if I'm the Hawks, I'd write a strongly worded memo to the league right, right away when the bone bruise diagnosis came back. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Young is currently questionable for game four. Chris Middleton had 20 points in the fourth and could not miss anything. It was awesome <laughs> to watch. It was, it was awesome. It, mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the Hawks run has ended. If Trey Young misses the game, I think this Hawks run is over. Um, Bogie's mm-hmm. injured, if Trey is injured, all that. I I think that there is going to be a Trey Trey came back by the way. I forgot to say Trey came back. Okay. And just looked so slow. He didn't have mm-hmm. he didn't have enough bounce. He wasn't moving fast. He wasn't moving right. It's 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 clearly serious. Yeah. We'll see how he looks next game, but there's a chance that this is just it if he keeps playing like that.
0: Yeah, I mean if Trey Young is off the floor for the Hawks, it's pretty much it. We said it before. Rashad's been saying it for for years now. It feels like Trey Young is the engine of this offense. Like there's everything that the Hawks do. The only reason that they win basketball games is because Trey Young is out there directing and orchestrating this incredible three-point shooting offense that just gets efficient looks, free throws, threes, open shots, and he creates almost everything for them. And so if he's not able to be out there for at least 20, 30 minutes just to make passes. It's going to be something that the Hawks are not going to be able to come back from. Like as good as Kayvon Herter can do for you, it's really not just going to get you through a, through three games against the Bucks. Like this Bucks team is so good defensively that obviously they, they question the rotations and and some things that Coach Bud does aren't, aren't always right. But if Trey Young's out there, it's going to be incre- not out there. It's going to be incredibly hard for Coach Bud
1: to try to throw the series. If bogey was healthy I'd say that there's You know there's a will Where, where there's a bud There's a way um, But he's just been I mean He's just been a shell of himself It's really sad to mm. see I really hope he's I really hope this isn't A long term injury for him
0: mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> Yeah It's been fun to watch His magic hawks run You also missed A great Onyeka Okongwu play I'm pretty sure he One dunked on Giannis And two Completely sunned him Completely <laughs> Giannis like did that thing where he <laughs> runs into the paint. He just sort of rips through everybody and tries to dunk it. And mm-hmm. Onyeka Okongwu just grabs the ball and holds it. And, like, Giannis just <laughs> runs by with the... He's still holding on. They call a jump. But, like, Giannis loses the ball be- after they call jump. And I'm like, I think that if, mm-hmm. if they hadn't called that jump, Okongwu would have had the ball. Was, yeah. He just... Oh, man. Okongwu stepped up. I was like, damn, he had some crazy alley-oops. They, they really tried to bring it back. If, I mean double O is serious. Double O seven agent double O seventeen, mm. he's, he's serious. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Chris Middleton's 20 points, I think there's no way that the Hawks lose that game. No way. Just that's just the way the NBA works. You know, one guy gets hot and suddenly, you know, one little fall and from what would have been a two one lead for the Hawks, looks like everyone's saying bucks and five. And if Trey Young is actually is if Trey Young isn't if Trey Young is actually hurt and isn't back at like 95% to, for the next game? Oh. It's Bucks and Five. Like it is. Like yeah. I'd love to I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to. But even like when we said, "All right, the 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 Hawks will, would win Game 7 versus the versus the Sixers because of Trey Young." It was because they of the gravity because of how much Ben Simmons had to clue in on him because he still hit those late threes because of his mm-hmm. passing. Of course, Kevin Herder had 27. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not qualifying that down, but it's just the amount of attention that Trey Young brings. If they don't have to give him that attention, I don't know how this roster fares. No one can get the ball into John Collins other than Trey Young. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole mess.
0: And I think one, one of the important things about Trey Young that I, we don't usually give a lot of young guards there, their credit for, and we talk about old point guards all the time, is he really gets this team organized. And you can really tell that he's an emotional a leader, a vocal leader for this team, on the floor, off the floor. He talks to all of his guys. He brings them over. He really goes over the tape with them. It's really shown how much Trey Young has grown and tried to create a great culture in this Atlanta Hawks team and this organization. The amount that he's been doing for them, like since he got there, it seems like he's really one of those guys in the locker room, in the building, who's just when he's there, he makes every single guy on your team so much better, gives them so much more confidence. It's it's very Chris Paul-esque in the way that he he runs that team right now, and to see that from a guy's third year in the league, is it's quite spectacular, and I think something a lot of people should be talking about Trey Young this offseason is like one of the best guys in the NBA, not only as a player but just as a teammate and as a guide who's who's there to bring your organization somewhere where you want to be like conference finals already <laughs> he's
1: he's clo- if, if it wasn't okay if it wasn't for the fact I, we, i've already gone on record saying that i'm not gonna this is this 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 title will not be as much of a yearly ranking boost as other titles have been in my opinion mm-hmm. like usually when i'm draft when i'm you know doing my top 100 players or whatever or top, it's not top 100. It's just until there's no reason to rank the players. That's how I do my rankings. Rankings until it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, I say, all right, so the first tier is LeBron James because he gets you to the finals no matter what your roster is, as long as he's healthy. Literally, there's been two years over the last like 11 where he's injured and he didn't make the finals. Pretty much every other year he's made the finals since 2010. Mm-hmm. Insane. In the next tier, it's guys that make the conference finals pretty regularly, and da 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 da, on and on and on. I, I am not going to give Trey Young the conference finals regularly kind of level, or even the conference finals adjacent level of the next of the next tier, which is the team you know guys that make the conference finals sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put Trey Young in that, but I am going to seriously have a discussion about putting him into that next tier below that. Mm-hmm. He's he's shown to be a, a a league superstar in this and and this playoffs. And I think that with one more offseason season approving it, he might be, a, I might have to have a real discussion about putting him as a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, and I
0: think he, he's legitimately, just because of the way he puts up his stats too, and the way the Hawks run that team, I think he's got a, a real shot next year at, a, at an MVP push. It depends on how much those Hawks win. Obviously the win percentage is gonna be huge, but Trey Young is gonna give you 30 and 10, like minimum. Mm-hmm. So if he does that and the Hawks are a top three seed, and then maybe does a little bit more than that, Game winners down the stretch, a 60 piece here and there in the season. Improved I Trey Young is maybe learned no, no, to he like. Kind of... he,
1: he flat out has improved defense. He he stopped Giannis in the post. He's flat out improved on defense, giving Trey Young his love. I, I don't know if stopping Giannis in the post at this point is improving on defense. Like,
0: I, <laughs> I, Giannis seems to have very little post game, to be honest with you. But um, no, I think Trey Young is someone who's, who's definitely going to be in this, in that MVP echelon conversation next year. That doesn't mean that he's a, a top number one player in the league. That's not what the MVP is, but it's someone who is incredibly important and valuable for their team. And it definitely is going to skyrocket him. I think to that conversation of top 10, top 15, maybe like, depending on how well the Hawks do next year, especially if the Sixers start to blow it up a little bit. There's a there's a real shot here for Atlanta and Trey
1: Young to to make a whole dynasty run with the amount of pieces that they have going on. The Bucks are really my title favorite, and I hate it. Chris Middleton is also better than Giannis because Giannis sucks. Shout out to Drew. Shout out to the '99 to Infinity podcast. Giannis sucks. I want to make that my <laughs> ringtone. Um, <laughs> catch them, uh, catch them when you catch them. Great, great podcast, worth checking out. on mm-hmm. the love for uh, Canadians. Of course. Uh, Alright I, I, I'm done talking about that series I want to talk about Phoenix and Clippers Because they have been so annoying in my mind They're the <laughs> two most annoying teams in the league Playing each other using all the most Like all the rules, all the flops All the little technicalities It's been both horrendous and gorgeous If the mm-hmm. league wants to see how they need to fix The game of basketball They can rewatch this series game by game And then go on the Twitter for the time when, the game, when it was happening Like a live Twitter of what was going on mm-hmm. On basketball Twitter at that time and check how the internet reacted to each and every call. Check how they to the whole game, to the calls, to the everything, and see how that is. And you can be like, oh, this is what we should change. This is what we shouldn't. The ball not being live on the, until uh, off an inbound, so awesome. Made for a really fun, <laughs> fun ending. I don't think I'll ever forget it. I don't think a lot of people will ever forget it. It's a new rule that a lot of people know, and it's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Replay reviews need to be fixed. <laughs> If you're dribbling the ball and someone swipes it and you're still dribbling and you you catch it on, for a nanosecond on your finger, it should still be out on the guy who swiped the ball. Mm-hmm. Little things. Shout like, out Jeff what, Van Gundy. It's about the intention. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love Jeff Van Gundy's rule changes, by the way. I'm loving them. Uh, I also loved in game four when Nick Batum swiped the ball from campaign. As Cam was dribbling and they called it out on Nick Batum despite when you watch the replay it being technically off the finger of campaign if you zoom zoom into the teeny tiny weensy nanosecond of like the little hair follicles that fall off of his his fingers or whatever. It went (laughs) off campaign but they called it off Nick Batum and they refused to review it because I'm sure after game two the league called in and said if that happens again you're all (laughs) gonna get fired. That was an embarrassment to the sport of basketball, that call. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's it's a blessing for the league that Paul George missed both of those free throws so that DeAndre Aiden could win the game. Because if they had won off of that, mm-hmm. that would have been a stain. The league would have not been able to recover. It would have been a complete embarrassment. And right now, I think that the NBA kind of has an image problem in terms yeah. of everyone thinks their sport is uh, you know, a joke. Everyone thinks there's mm-hmm. all these – football players are just playing basketball in the off season, all this stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I think that the NBA has to do a, has to, you know, make itself like a tough sport again. Yeah. And I think having little things like that doesn't help. Making it ref ball does not help.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, and there's certain parts of the game that just the replay reviews can give you extra insight. There's things that they obviously can help change and overturn and this and that, but there are certain parts of the game, like, it's just basketball, man. Like, the ball goes out. You know who it went out off of for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. if there's if it's two guys fighting for a rebound and it's, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, who to go out of? Okay, we go to the review. 20, 30 seconds. Okay, last touch. We get back out there. But if somebody swipes the ball out of bounds, somebody blocks the ball out of bounds, and it just, like, happens to bounce off a guy's leg on the way out, just, like, it... it It's still his ball. And if they miss and the ball goes back, like ball.
1: I think leg, it should be a change. But if you don't add any momentum to the ball, if it, if it, (laughs) if it goes through your shorts and it hits your shorts, but not your body, that Mm -hmm. should not, that should not be an out on you. You have to add momentum to the ball, in my opinion, for it to be a deflection and out on you. If you're not mm-hmm. adding momentum or stopping momentum, if you do not change the momentum of the ball, it's not out on you. You would never mm. get that call in the park. You would never get that call in the first 46 minutes of the NBA. And I, the NBA needs to make the same rules for all 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. What happens in minute one should have the same significance as minute 48. This, this, The last two minutes of a basketball game are the only things that matter, needs to be gone that needs to be thrown Done. out it's it's mm-hmm. it's an embarrassment it's it's ridiculous to me why yeah. why is there this like change in rules for the last two minutes mm-hmm. it's just admitting that there, you only need to watch two minutes of basketball it's just telling me i don't need to watch the first half all what? it tells me is that i don't need to watch the first half of basketball because if it's a blowout it'll stay a blowout but if it's close mm-hmm. all that matters is the last two minutes It won't matter that someone missed a free throw. There's different rules for the last two minutes. It's the only time that matters. It's it's Mm. a joke to me. What if something happens at two minutes and one second? Do you go and check how much time was on the clock to make sure that it was, oh, was it, or exactly two minutes? Oh, was the nanosecond? Should it be 159? Should it be two? Does that mean we can review it? Mm -hmm. Get out of here with that. Forty-eight yeah. minutes of the same rules. It should be so obvious. I'm surprised it's not the standard right now.
0: <laughs> no, hundred percent, and that's always what you when you hear from the casual sports fan or the casual basketball watcher. At this point, it's just like, there's why would I watch the rest of the game? Like I could check the score, and if it's close, I'll watch the last five minutes. Like it'll be exciting. But at the end of the day, you you say you watch two minutes of basketball, ends up being about forty-five minutes of real time. You know, like there's, there's games in the playoffs where my dad has sat there and watched the like whole game with me up until the fourth quarter and like midway through the fourth quarter he's been like, I'm done with this. Like, I just can't watch this anymore. Cause it's not even like, it is the last two minutes cause the rules are officiated differently. But throughout the fourth quarter, guys are drawing fouls, you guys are doing everything in their power to get teams in bonus. And and yes, there's a certain amount of UK. You need your team to get an advantage. You have certain things you want to do so that your team can be successful, yes. But how many times are we going to see guys just drive into the paint and try to throw their arms through someone? You know, like, how many swipe-throughs? And how many times are people putting their hands on the hips, guys? As defenders, why is that still happening? Like, how is that still happening? How is that just not
1: immediately put
0: your Put your forearm there and just stop getting swiped through. Because if your forearm is there, it's allowed to be there. And if he wants to lose the ball in a swipe through and just throw it in the air, let him lose the ball. But the amount of times I see guys walk up and check someone with two hands, like, it's not 1984, man. I don't know what you expect. I don't know why you're looking around like it's not a foul. That's a clear-cut foul
1: in the NBA rulebook. Can I just say, I don't know how the NBA allows Patrick Beverly to get away with all of his shenanigans, especially <laughs> after he busted up Derek, Devin Booker's nose. That should have been mm-hmm. the last straw. I mean, it should have been the last straw. Russell Westbrook was at 2016 when he dove at the knee he had already injured. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that should have been the last straw for Patrick Beverly. Where, the, where they call the referees and they say, stop giving this guy leeway. He is injuring our superstars. He needs to start playing clean. Mm-hmm. That, yesterday, they made a call. I was talking to my little brother about the game. I love Noah. It was great to have, it was great to talk to him. The Jeff Van Gundy or no, it it wasn't Van Gundy. It was, um, I think it was Jackson, Mark Jackson, I think Mm -hmm. came out and was like, oh, look at how Patrick Beverly's changing the game with his defensive intensity. And they showed a replay, and he's hacking Devin Booker. He has two arms grabbing Devin Booker's hips, not letting him get the ball. That's a hole. That's a foul. <laughs> it's Why an off-the-ball
0: that... foul, one shot, and the ball out of bounds, please.
1: Like, how is it that this is constantly happening? And then De- and then Patrick Beverly goes and breaks Devin Booker's nose, and everyone's like, well, it wasn't his fault. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know it wasn't his fault, but somehow he's always the one that's hurting superstars. I don't- no one's paying to watch Patrick Beverly. I am... <laughs> If, if if Devin Booker wasn't playing, I might not watch. I mean, not literally. But if I was a casual fan, I would probably not be watching this Suns Clippers series if Devin Booker wasn't playing. I know mm. plenty of girls that only turn on the Suns games because he's hot. No shame. No shame at all. He's a good-looking man. Mm. <laughs> I hope his nose recovers. I mean, he'll, he'll have to call the Jenners for some help on the Kardashians for a little bit of help on the, the nose jobs. <laughs> I know they got all the right plugs there. But how is the league allowing Patrick Beverly like, –
0: Mm-hmm. How are they just allowing
1: him to put all their superstars at risk is crazy to me. It is absolutely crazy to me that he is getting away with this. And especially like he broke Devin Booker's if I'm USA basketball, I'm making a call. I'm making a call <laughs> to the NBA. I'm being like you need to you need to shape up. You're hurting our superstars because mm-hmm. if I'm USA basketball, I have a 13th man. They they have their 12 man <laughs> roster. Highlighting, you know, Bam out a bio, Devin, Devin, uh, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum. I have a 13th man. Also, shout out to Kevin Love for making that team. Go catch Okay Love. Mm-hmm. But I have a 13th man ready. I don't know who it is. I mean, I, I'd pick Cade Cunningham, telling you that right now. I would <laughs> want my 13th man to be Cade Cunningham just to give, you know, some love to a rookie. I love it when they do that. They did that for Anthony Davis and it was awesome. Mm hmm. But If I'm USA basketball, I'm like, you might have just gotten Devin Booker to pull out of our, of our, of our games.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if I'm Devin Booker, like I, if I'm Devin Booker and I, I go to the finals, I win in seven games. That means it's July 22nd. The first day of USA basketball is July 23rd. And I need to get nose surgery. (laughs) And I need to get nose surgery to fix my nose because I can't smell anything. So I can stop wearing this mask. Oh, no, well, I'm, I'm getting surgery. I'm done. I'm sorry. I can't play for. I can't play for Tokyo. I need to get surgery. Mm-hmm. Someone else go sub in. That's crazy. I haven't seen. I haven't seen one second of Mask booker yet. <laughs> He's uh, he takes the mask off. Don't worry. Oh okay okay. <laughs> he, I, I do not know if he, he was going full out or not. He's not Rip Hamilton with it. He's not Kobe Bryant with it. He's he's not catching the mask superpowers because it's clear they're not letting him wear the dark mask, which is <laughs> so tough. I love when the players showed up with the Batman masks. Shout out to, mm-hmm. Le- to LeBron and his Batman mask. That was awesome. Mm.
0: No, I mean but like,
1: you're like I wonder if like if I'm D-Buck, I'm like, dude, my nose is busted. Like I'm I I don't need to play Tokyo. Like, I'll play now. I'll play in four. I'll play in, I think it's three years. I'll play in three years. I'll still be in my prime. Yeah. I, I, my nose is messed up I just won the championship I'd love to get a little bit of time to rest and then come back after the, for the shortened off season to actually you know play in mm-hmm. the fall absolutely and I just wanted to say something because you, you mentioned the Kardashians and
0: the Jenner I saw a quote on the internet obviously don't know if it's real because it's the internet mm-hmm. but it was like someone I think it was asking like Kendall about about the Jenner curse and she was like well I think the
1: boys have to worry about that one yeah and oh, I was yeah. like,
0: you know what? That's fire. Like, boss,
1: <laughs> boss B moments. Boss B moments by Miss Jenner right there. I said that to my mom and she loved it. We, we lo- she gained a fan. I mean, she's already had a fan, but you know, she's, she's buying brownie points. I, I, I love me the Kardashians a lot. And I love, I love, I, I, it's Kendall, right? I think yeah. so. I love but Kendall. I
0: got- I got to ask because I just don't know anything going on in the world right now. Like what is the word with Kawhi? Is there any chance he's back soon? Is there Oh man? I'm happy just... you
1: brought this up. So there's a lot of rumors and there's not a lot of answers. Um, there's, I think he's out for game five. I think he's mm-hmm. listed as questionable, but it sounds like he's out. Paul George was asked about, it and he's like, look, like, you know, if he's not healthy, we don't want him out there. Like his health mm-hmm. is the most important thing to us. Like, you know, we know, we know it's all important for him. Then in a, apparently he's at odds with the clippers medical staff again (laughs) again uh we saw what happened last time scary (laughs) scary Mm -hmm. um there's rumors that he can't walk Mm. he's been sitting in a press box uh in staples center he didn't go to phoenix he's sitting with his family every time they pan to him he's sitting Mm -hmm. i sent you a funny video i don't know if you saw it of uh mike breen's call of Kawhi is losing his mind and they cut to Kawhi sitting there stoic as always it was great Please, classic brini you should check that out I, said I it will. To you. it's in your text it's in your text um but there's a rumor that he's his acl is really messed up and he can't walk mm. no one really knows what's going on classic Kawhi. he doesn't like doesn't like talking about his medical totally get that i'd I inspiration for the zero dark way. 30 right there i would probably be the exact same way don't talk to me don't don't talk to me about my stuff worry about mm-hmm. yourself yeah but uh, yeah, not um, mm-hmm. not a good situation anyway you slice it for uh, for Kawhi Leonard, and we hope that he's fine. You know, I'd love for I I would be really sad if he wasn't walking. I really yeah. hope he is walking and he's able to put weight on it, and it's just a sprain. And it's not a real anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Paul George has obviously had to step up a little bit. I haven't really
0: watched the last few games from the series, Gassed. so I don't Completely don't know cast. what he's done. But it's he's Amazing, obviously exhausted. But... He's He's doing a lot for this team right now, and they're asking him to do a lot. I see he's contributing a lot on the boards, which is huge for them, especially with Kawhi out. He's doing a great job at trying to get them extra possessions or just securing defensive boards. But there's only so much you can expect for PG. Like, he might turn up in a game five. I'm not saying he's not out of the realm of possibility because he does have a torch on him. You never know when Paul George might just hit eight threes on you. Game
1: five is tonight, right?
0: Yeah, it's uh, this evening. Oh, sweet. Everyone will know tomorrow. mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe tomorrow the Phoenix Suns are in the conference finals and I'm 50 or in the NBA finals and I've just made
1: $50. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Paul Which it was has... way more. <laughs> Paul George has been amazing, honestly. It's been great to see, but he's just he's been he looks so tired from all the work he's been doing. He's been missing a lot of late game free throws, struggling in late game moments. But it's because he's Daz. He's been working yeah. his butt off the entire time, getting the primary defensive focus. I'm not hating on him. He has done a great job. Yeah. And I, he's I never, mean, everyone's never still make really. their playoff P moment, P moment jokes, but, um, mm-hmm. and you know, missing free throws still kind of gets you that. I don't care. You know, if you played 40 minutes, if you played four minutes or 40 minutes, but it's still been great to see by Paul George. I didn't expect anything more. I did not expect anything more than this. I think he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, not to harp on it too much, but this is just, there's not much you expect
0: from Paul George at the end of the day. Like The numbers that he's putting up is what you want him to be giving you in the playoffs. It's just that there's nobody else out there without Kawhi. Like, there's so much tied into just those two players, given what they had to give up to get them in there, that it's just like, unless everyone off that bench is going crazy with Paul George, there's I mean, there's not much you can do against this Phoenix Suns team,
1: especially when DeAndre Eaton's getting 20 and 20 games. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Reggie Jackson turned Reggie Jackson is playing the best basketball of his entire career. Yeah, but it's awesome. no, it's like... actually awesome to watch. It's actually insane to watch. Like, you, I, mm. I, it's beautiful to watch this Reggie Jackson. I, I, he, he looks like a $20 million a year point guard. Mm. That is not an overstatement. Like, if, if, if you could guarantee to get this Reggie Jackson, it might be worth a max contract. Like, I wouldn't be sur- if this was a, a cap space offseason. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Reggie Jackson field an offer for over 15 million. Mm, I might yeah. see the Knicks might throw him like a one year, like huge payment contract. And I would not be shocked. There's, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff that could be happening with Reggie this off season. And I think he deserves it. Dude's been balling out. Absolutely. All right. We got, we're about to hit the one hour point. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to talk NBA Combine because I, I love the Combine. I love, I love draft. I love the draft. I love the offseason. I think it's just it's so much hope. Everyone's happy. No one's ever sad during the offseason mm-hmm. um, unless you're the Minnesota Timberwolves fans. <laughs> Sorry, Minnesota. Um, you got Ann Edwards, though. It's pretty good. They got Ann Edwards. They got Cat. They apparently really want Ben Simmons. Um, I'm, uh, there, there's, there's hope. There's, there's hope, I hope. d for Ben who says no. Definitely 76ers. Definitely um, yeah. Sorry, D-Lo. Uh, all from grace is real. We love you here, but... Uh, it's not the D-Lo MVP next year. It's the Kuzma. It's Kuzma. D-Lo, D-Lo made the All-Star Game. Ingram mm. made the All-Star Game and MIP. Randall made All-Star, made All-Star Game, MIP, and third team. Jordan Clarkson mm. made sixth man. So I think it's either Kuzma or Lonzo's turn to make All-Star Game, MIP, and All-NBA first team or MVP. I don't know what the next level is. Maybe it's only All-NBA all second. I don't know. We'll see. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, big ups to the, to the old Lakers, guys. We love them. Mm. I want to talk about some second-round picks that have just showed out at the Combine or Pro Day or, or, or everything. And I know I said second-round picks right there. I think I said second-round picks multiple times. I said second-round picks a lot now. I, <laughs> I want to start with Bones Highland, who should be a first-round pick. <laughs> Bones mm-hmm. Highland showed up on that first day of Combine and said, I am way too good to be here. locking up on defense hitting shots playmaking as if he was the number one option on like a a real nba team dude looked amazing he -hmm. should not get past the denver nuggets first round pick if i am the denver nuggets i have him as 20th on my board Mm -hmm. his fit with jamal murray and michael porter jr looks awesome I, i i'd almost be able to start him the day i draft him like i i'd be maybe not i don't know how he'd you no, know, he's still a little skinny. We'll we'll see, but I'd feel confident that there's a chance that I might be drafting a starter at pick 26, 27. I got them somewhere. Something like that. Uh, at pick 26, I think I could get I think I could get a starter. Mm. Love Bones Island. He looked amazing. He looked like he he played like a primary playmaker in that game, which was still impressive mm. because you know, he's going to be a secondary playmaker in the league. He made a lot of good, like, little reads where he was, like, driving in. And he was like, oh, the defense collapsed. Let me make the extra pass to the open uh, to the open guy who gets an open dunk. Um, I wrote down his name somewhere on my phone, but my phone is bugging, so I don't have it with me to check the guy who dunks his name. But mm-hmm. Bones Highland was going off VCU's finest. Probably would be guaranteed a first-round pick if VCU had actually played a tournament game. But <laughs> I'm happy he still was able to make his way onto my first-round pick, and I think everyone should have him as a first-round pick. And I mean – he he's definitely been showing
0: out in the combine, and just one of those guys is just tenacious in everything he does. You could see that he puts in the work, and that he's willing to just go above and beyond at any point on the floor. And that's just someone you love to get in your locker room. You know, it's someone who you, you definitely take a flyer of a pick on in a, in a late first round because it's like there's a chance that we got a real guy here who can maybe not become a, a all star MVP, like first team, second team, third team guy but we're talking maybe all defensive or just a glue guy who will help bring a championship team to where they need to be. And just maybe he could like a guy who will probably show up for you in the playoffs. You know, someone who's locked in seems ready to go at all points and, and will be there for you when you need him too. So just some, a guy like that is, is pretty rare to find, especially as a ball handler. So to have a backbone like that is, is definitely something that team should be looking at just as a solid, solid piece.
1: More like backbones. Am I right? Best nickname, already going to be the best nickname in the NBA. I, I, I looked through the, like, my mock draft. If it wasn't such a good year, <laughs> I, I think there could be an op, an, a chance that he went like 22. Mm. Like just to the Lakers. Like I, If I'm the Lakers, I'd give him a long, a long look at him. But I looked at my list, and just there's so many talented players in this draft. Bones falls a bit, but big ups yep. to Bones. Mm. There's two, three more guys I really want, want to highlight. Um, oh, four. Joel, Joel Wieskamp. Dude can Mm. just flat out shoot and might be able to defend. And if you're in the second round and you're drafting players, a guy who might actually be able to do three and D should be like, pick number 31 for you. (laughs) Like someone who (laughs) gets priority. (laughs) Like in terms of, oh, I'm drafting in the second round. Why wouldn't, why are you drafting guys that don't just like, oh, there's a chance they could do something at a high level. Like, I don't get it. Like, oh, this guy can shoot threes and play make. Marcus Zagorowski, big ups, Marcus. This guy <laughs> that's a first round pick. Um, this guy can shoot threes and play hard defense. Joel Wieskamp. there's there's mm. talent. There's that's something that could that could be huge, or they could be nothing and you move on. But like, someone who can hit threes and play D could start. Mm. He could start. He, Pat Connaughton is start is is closing games for the Milwaukee Bucks and doesn't look horrible. Like Joe Joe Wieskamp could be that. Could be. I don't know that he will be. Um, and another guy like that, Quentin Grimes. Mm. Uh, he's also been playmaking a bit. He's been killing it from three in the in the Combine games. He's been locking dudes up. He probably was the MVP of the Combine. For everything I'm hearing, no one has helped themselves more than Quentin Grimes. I think he's locked up getting drafted. He played so well. But the dude just balled out. Like, big ups to Quentin Grimes of U of H.
0: hmm And he's one of those guys, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was on Kansas and then transferred... And he's, So he's had some experience with Bill Self, obviously, and, and a good program. And then to go to U of H, where they just went on a big run in the tournament, he was part of that back trio with Dejon you know, and uh, Marcus Sasser. So it's something that he's going to definitely kind of got overshadowed when it got into the tournament by his other two guys. But I think now that we come to the, the real NBA moments, people are looking at Kurt, Quinn Grimes and realizing that this guy could be a real definite hard-body and d for us because he's shooting lights out, and he was shooting lights out in the tournament too. And then you see he's putting on a lot of muscle these last couple of years. He's getting way bigger, and he's still moving the ball really well, moving his feet really well. And anyone who, who shows that kind of development and the willingness to transfer and then continue to grind to be great and do more, I think, shows that mentality that you just give him a chance. Get him in your building and see how much he's willing to provide to your team because that's someone who can automatically just come in and push everybody else to be better.
1: I mean, that's something you said, something you said that I really like. It's just that, that mentality. You talk, you're talking about like guys that show up mm-hmm. and make everyone do better. That mentality. That's a huge thing for me when I'm looking at these second round guys, mm-hmm. when I'm looking at guys in the second round, I don't, okay. I do want the guys that were ranked top 10 in high school that fell. I do want that. I'll own it. If you were like a top high school recruit and I liked your tape and then you went to college and you had a rough season, Michael Porter, junior style. I'm taking you shout out, Harry Giles. Shout out to Harry Giles. I take you like, it, uh, I mean, it doesn't always work for every Michael Porter Jr. There's a Harry Giles. There's, um, mm-hmm. I can't even remember the guy's names, but proof. But for every one of those guys, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that fail, but I'm taking the risk on someone who I know is going to show up and work hard. That's what mm-hmm. I want. If I, if I hear that you're a hard worker and you know, you've got the ability to maybe become something that's huge for me in the second round, which is big with the next guy on my list. Uh, I'm probably going to butch the pronunciation. Uh, Nemius Kita, big body, biggest mm. body at the Combine, tallest guy. I think he was the heaviest guy, longest wingspan, highest standing reach. Rudy gobert I would give him a full roster spot if that's what it took to secure him. <laughs> there's, there's a chance that there's, this dude is absolutely nothing, that this dude is out of the league in two years, that he is unplayable, that the NBA has left him behind. But also there's a chance that he's DeAndre Ayton. Or not DeAndre Aiden, but like a budget DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, that's what you want. Like DeAndre yeah. Aiden is going to make, might get an offer for over $25 million a year, and that is going to severely hurt the way that the Phoenix Suns can build a roster. And then we'll have a really interesting case study on our hands. Is it mm-hmm. worth it to pay DeAndre Aiden that much? Or are you, you know, fine with DeAndre Aiden making his $8 million salary for a first-round pick? And then you don't want to pay a center more than fifteen unless they're one of the two best in the league. I, it, it'll be a discussion. Mm but kita he can hedge hard he hedged hard a bunch of times in this combine and did a great job he Mm -hmm. can finish he's just large he's agile if he's got a good he seems to have a good feel for the game Mm -hmm. there's a chance that he could be really really good and there's a chance that he could be nothing Mm -hmm. but it's sort of similar to me when i saw rudy gobert enter the drive draft however many years ago that was i was high on rudy i was high uh I didn't obviously didn't know enough about the league back then. I'm not going to tell you how high I had him because I don't honestly remember. Um, And honestly, it was too high. Whatever it was, I bet I had him like outside the lottery or something. Not because I was clairvoyant, but because I was a stupid child. You know, I didn't know anything (laughs) about the league yet. But I kind of get like Gobert vibes from him. You Mm. can't pass up elite measurements with the right mentality. He's just this massive dude who's going to work his butt off. And at worst, like, at worst, he's a good guy for practice. So you can get ready for, oh, and we're facing Jokic. And, okay, Kida's beating up on us again. And, like, you know, obviously, you know, oh, if Kida takes, like, two dribbles, it's a, you know, it's a point or something stupid like that, whatever the... I don't know, mm-hmm. how, I don't know how NBA teams really run scout teams. But I, I think at worst, he's a good scout team player. And at, at best, he could be a good, a good pinch hitter, a good backup big, a good starting big a good big that you don't close the game with because you shouldn't be closing games with bigs anymore. You need your hybrid post.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think definitely in a league where we talk about having to deal with guys like Jokic and Joel Embiid, if you're going to want to make a serious run through a conference finals on either side at this point, I mean, we talked about it to no end, the Dwight Howard and the Ja McGee's of the world. Like, you bring in a rookie who has the potential to fill that role for you, but also so much more room to grow and develop in an NBA player. It's something that, that a lot of teams should take a look at. And obviously, those measurements, you just—it's something you look at as NBA teams. Like, it's, it's the oldest saying in a book for all the sports. Just, you can't you can't teach size, mm-hmm. you can't teach strength. Like, there's some things that well, you could teach strength, but you can't teach size. Mm-hmm. And there's some things about it that are just like, this guy's just going to be massive and he wants to work, let's give him a shot. Like, why not? Because he can really become something where it's just like, if he's just a problem every single time he's on the floor, you can just dump it down to him, and he can get three moves and either pass out of it or dunk mm-hmm. and play a little bit of defense. Hey, you got eight to ten minutes every time he's on the floor of quality center basketball.
1: And, and, and what's the opportunity cost for giving him the 15th spot on your roster? <laughs> what's the opportunity cost what like oh maybe you missed like th- there's a chance yes you miss out on something great but like i'd hope that your talent department isn't doing that If <laughs> he really sucks after one year you can cut him mm-hmm. there's no way you're signing him to a real deal you're signing him to like a rookie deal where it's completely unguaranteed or you're drafting him in like uh, probably after pick 45 like i was doing yeah. i was doing my mock like at least after 45 is probably where you'd get him I mean, maybe he kills it the pro, di- pro day, kills it in the interviews, kills it in the workouts, and moves up the board. But it looks like he's going to be a late second guy or an undrafted guy that you sign. Like, I, I, I would mm-hmm. take the risk. I'm saying I'd take the risk. It's worth it for me. Absolutely. The last name I want to shout out is a Canadian. Mm, AJ Lawson showed why he got the call up. He can run, he can shoot, and he can defend he had 17 7 and 4 if i believe if i remember right in the second game of the combine he was playing great defense in the first one i want him in the mid to early second got out <laughs> yep. like let me just get this athletic dude who can shoot and defend like what's the worst that, again what's the worst that can happen he's ready to work he works so hard he outworked everyone at the g league camp that's why he got the nba combine invite he showed up and he balled out in the combine what part of that like it does not scream hey let's give him a shot and mm-hmm. that's just the thing for so many of these things, when I'm like reading, when I'm doing this, I'm like, what part of this doesn't scream this is worth a shot? Maybe it's just that I'm a big upside guy. And I'm not mm-hmm. a big, uh, I'm not a big floor guy. I, I, I believe in upside. Not, not, I, I draft for upside. Mm-hmm. I'm not always drafting for fit. I'm drafting for this guy could be huge for us one day. Yeah. To put him in the right situations. You know, I think it's why I'm so high on Moses Moody when some people are so low on him. But also it's because I think, hey, a floor of three and D A floor of 3 and D is a great floor. Every team is complaining that they need more 3 and D players. The Mm -hmm. the Utah Jazz needed one more 3 and D player and they might've been able to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. They were Mm -hmm. one 3 and D player away from that. Mm -hmm. Every second round pick should be spent on 3 and D players for them. (laughs) I don't know why they're drafting Yudoke Azubuki and then trading for Derek Favors. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. no, no. I, I, I'm gonna be pretty angry at Quinn Snyder if he's still running Favors as the backup five. But it looks like Favors is gonna be gone. Uh, Nate Duncan and I think it was Danny Larue did a, yeah, Nate Duncan and Danny Larue did a breakdown of their their cap sheet and they're probably gonna to need to trade Derek Favors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Shouldn't have traded for him in the first place. <laughs> I could have told you in the moment. I'm like, this isn't a great idea. Yeah, actually, I told. Actually, I think I liked it at first. But uh, I didn't factor in the Colony extension. I didn't factor in not wanting to pay luxury tax. Because uh, I don't think about that. I'm not an owner. I not yeah. <laughs> From an ownership, I, I assumed that the ownership was on board with paying the luxury tax when they brought in Derek Favors. Apparently they're not, which is a whole, <laughs> whole I mean, other mean, And fair, by the way. Fair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fair. Not wanting to pay the luxury tax for Derek Favors? Totally fair. Could have just signed a rookie unsigned free agent. Like <laughs> he 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 wouldn't he could have also gone a rookie unsigned free agent could have also gone negative forty in the playoffs like yeah it's... no
0: AJ Lawson obviously another Canadian who's showing how great that the the great country of Canada is getting at basketball and just how much work these guys put into it like just. I agree with you a lot. I think a lot of what drafting is for me is is about the mentality and about what guys can bring into a team and what guys can bring into a locker room cuz I think a lot of that it contributes to a championship culture. Like yes, you need the talent, you need the skill, you need the pieces, don't get me wrong. But like guys probably 9 through 15 don't play in the playoffs when it gets serious.
1: Guys you know? 12 guys 12 through 17, don't guys 12 through 15 don't play every night. Guys mm-hmm. 16 and 17 don't play at all. <laughs>
0: And to have them, and so to take a guy on your roster to give him a spot to just fight for a spot, fight for some minutes, show me throughout the season in practice why you deserve to get PT at the end of the season, and and maybe you'll earn it, maybe you won't, and that's up to that. But I think guys who show a willingness to work and show a willingness to to put it all out there every single day on the floor are guys that you want to have in your building, just because it pushes everybody else to do the same. And that just gets your team going. It gets your guys going. And it gets its, the chemistry just way better and, and contributes to a really positive playoff runs.
1: Well said. I mean, hey, Terrence Mann's happened. 48th pick in the draft. And he was the, sec- he was the third best player on the Clippers. Yeah. He was the third best player on the Clippers for the, for the, second, for the ha- second half of the title of their, of their run. He mm-hmm. was the third best player. He outplayed Batum. He outplayed Morris. He outplayed everyone except for Reggie Jackson and Paul George. It's been super impressive to watch. Mm-hmm. They lose they lose so many times if it wasn't for Terrence Mann. Ludor, be, the They would already guy. be out of this of this Sun series if it wasn't for Terrence Mann. hmm Just saying, and you know what Terrence Mann is? Athletic, hard worker, tough defender, can playmake. Defense, playmaking. Three pointing, three point de- defense, three point playmaking. Those are the kind of skills that you should be drafting in the second round. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. That or I like Keita for like the possibility of defense and tough finishing. Mm-hmm. It's a little different when you're drafting bigs. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. I see mm-hmm. some people in these second rounds and I'm like, why? Like, what is he bringing? What is, what is this guy going to bring to the table? I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to call out a guy. I'm not going to call out a guy because he's a friend of a friend of mine. But there's one particular player. I'm like, his tape is bad. He can't really dribble. He can't really shoot. Uh, he's athletic so You think he can? I'm like, what does he do? What does mm-hmm. he do? Hey. And if you know me, if, if you know me, you know who I'm talking about. Um, Leave it at that. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Tom Brady came out <laughs> praising that. I loved it. Did you hear that? No. Tom Brady was like that was the most brilliant thing ever. He was just answering questions with no mental, mental effort at all. I want to do that one day. It was so impressive. I'm like Tom Brady, you're a freak. I love you. We we don't deserve Tom Brady. Tom Brady's hilarious. To he honest. might be the funniest guy in the NFL. She's like 50. He is 50. I love Dad Joe. I, I love I love Dad Brady. He's awesome. Papa Tom. Papa Tom's. All right. I, we're at like an hour and 15. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think now's a great time to shut it down. Habs game's about to start. Oh you 30 minutes to the basketball game. It's a great mm-hmm. day. Chaz, always a pleasure, my man.
0: Mm-hmm. Good please to see you.
1: Please warn me before the next Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> should have happened for a little while. You know, I'll be stuck in a city with work. So Awesome. I mean, not awesome, but awesome. Um, to all our uh, fans and listeners, please keep liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing. It's a little way that just helps us out so much and helps us really push uh help it might get us a job one day please any little support matters to us (laughs) uh follow us on instagram at ball talk official again liking commenting sharing just little ways that you can help put us up and you know we love that it Mm -hmm. really means a lot to all of us it we see it every time it warms our hearts every single time i see a like on our posts it just it makes me happy i go through them i see who does it it means a lot to me um until next time thank you for tuning in to ball talk it's ball talk it's ball talk baby it's ball talk it's ball talk, baby. It's ball talk. It's ball
0: talk, baby. It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. Baby, baby, baby. baby.